All right, everybody. Welcome back to our next episode of Podagogy. Yay! Yay! We are back. We've been on our spring hiatus. Yep, we're back and excited. We're back. We're excited. We're feeling rejuvenated. It's the spring. It's warm out. And we've lined up a couple of really awesome episodes for you coming up. Little self-promotion. We talked before um, our guest arrived that we don't know how many subscribers we have. Yeah. We think you should subscribe. Subscribe on iTunes. To Just to make us feel like more legit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And who wouldn't want like the sort of like the episode just to like pop up? It pop, and it's like such a special moment. You look at your phone. It's like oh, oh episode eighteen. Right. Something so nice. to do later. Yeah. So nice. So, so nice. So nice. So yeah. Subscribe. Okay. All right. I'm a subscriber and I enjoy it. Yay! Yes. Yeah, yes. Our guest. Okay. Our guest is vouching for us. Self promotion done. Okay. On to the episode. On to the actual content. All right, so we have a really exciting guest for you here today. We've lined we lined this one up before our spring hiatus. Yep. So it's been a long, long time in the making. All right, long time fan. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. From the beginning. <laughs> yeah. All right. So why don't you start with introducing yourself? Sure. Um, so my name is is Tom White. I am uh, the director of faculty development here at Choate. Um, I also teach uh, in the history department. Um, primarily American history, um, AP, and American studies. Um, and then I do a bunch of other things. I, I live in a dorm. I coach, do various various pieces. So, Well, welcome. Yeah. Really well, thank you. I'm excited to be here. here. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. Long-time listener, first-time participant. So, That's so cool. <laughs> yes, yes. It's all coming together. Being on the, being on the other side of it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so first, tell us, why don't you tell us a little bit about your role, particularly as director of faculty development? Like, what, what does that actually mean? Sure, that's a great question. So um, my role is relatively new. It, it was created um, about three years ago. So I'm, this is my third year in my position. Mm -hmm. um, so amongst my responsibilities um, are um, looking for faculty to yeah. you know uh, to join us, um, and then once faculty are here, working with them, particularly faculty who are new to Choate, um, supporting them in their transition to Choate, talking about um, teaching at Choate, um, working on. Um, advising all, all ways in terms of supporting faculty um, as they begin their choke career. Um, and that's true for faculty who are new to teaching as well as it is for faculty who have been teaching for a while. Yeah. They're just yeah. new here. Um, and then I also work with faculty um, on their ongoing professional development, and that runs the gamut of uh, teaching practices, uh, talking about um, opportunities to explore uh, diversity and inclusion on campus, um, work with um, uh, advising, residential life, mm -hmm. uh, all really kind of all elements of the Choate experience from a faculty member's uh, perspective. Um, so I, I do a fair amount of that. We run a couple of programs uh, for faculty that they can participate in. Um, we have a group called the Reflective Educators Group, which both of you are, are great More self-promotion. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, where we meet, well, you know, there's a couple of components to it, but I think one of the more enjoyable ones are we meet roughly once a month to talk about different issues in education. Um, and then we have a structure where we visit each other's classes and provide mm -hmm. feedback, which I think has been well-received by, by a number of folks. Yeah. So. And then what was the, when, like, three years ago when this position was even first being made, what was, like, was there a, what was the reason why it was, I mean, was, was it something that was missing that people had been calling for? Was there mm -hmm. something new, was it a new sense that this was a necessary position? Sure. Well, I think, um, so the structure had been um, dean of faculty and, and, and uh, dean of academic affairs, and that meant that uh, the dean of faculty really had a lot on their plate yeah. in terms of the yeah. whole host of things that yeah. are dealing with faculty. And, and so, uh, you know, the dean of faculty did have a structure where they were able to create some programming to support faculty who were new to Choate, which was, which was great. Um, and I've been able to build on that. 
Um, but um, you know, to be able to have somebody who can take some time to really think through how to support our faculty at various points in their career um, and, and mesh that with our new director of curricular initiatives, mm -hmm. who's looking at how our curriculum could and should be changing going forward mm -hmm. and the best serve our students um, to be able to work with, with her, Katie Jewett, yeah. um, and think through how we help our faculty move forward as educators in the 21st century uh, has been really good. So I think um, I think there was there's always been professional development on campus, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and that's been great, uh, but I think being able to really be strategic about it um, and have it not be something that um, has to compete with other um, interests for, for, for one person, I think, has, has been helpful. I, I feel like in a lot of ways your job inspires a growth mindset. Like, it's like certainly symbolic of a priority mm -hmm. of our community, yeah. mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. think, and that feels like just really good to me. Like, yeah. I, I love that your position is here. Well, thank you. I, 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 I mean, yeah. for, for as a new person, you yeah. know, it's just like yeah. so com comforting and also inspiring at the same time. Like, it's like a safe place, I feel like. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I like that a statement yeah. on the part of the of the community saying that yeah. professional development, trying out new things, trying new methods like that. That's something that's important. It's important on an administrative level. Yeah, on a faculty. Oh, level. No question. Yeah. yeah, no, I think um, you know, uh, as educators, um, I think uh, we're certainly helping students learn, but I think there's a lot that we still need to learn yeah. about yeah. what we're doing. And, and I, I think a great educator is somebody who is not only somebody who can help somebody else learn, but but recognizes that they need to continue to grow and, and learn as well. And, yeah. And I think, um, you know, one of the things I thoroughly enjoyed about my position um, are our reflective educator meetings where, yeah. you know, we'll have conversations that, you know, I'll, I'll have a kind of a loose agenda for yeah. the meeting, uh, but then we'll start talking and, and the energy in terms of sharing ideas and mm -hmm. asking questions. And I always, every time we have one of those meetings, I walk away having learned several new things or, or at least food for thought in terms yeah. of how I do something so that I can continue to grow as well. And I feel actually a little... Um, uh, it's kind of strange. I, I feel like I have an insight into a lot of opportunities to talk with people about things yeah, that I yeah. wish I could provide to more people. Yeah, yeah. Well. That's been really helpful. So, Tom, how do you choose who will come to campus to do professional development with the faculty? Mm. So, good question. So, uh, I so there's two ways that I really think about professional development in terms of, of how we're going to run programming mm -hmm. uh, beyond just what is the topic that we, we really want to talk about, which we can get into later if you'd like. Um, Part of it is what's what's going to serve the community best. Are are there faculty or people on the, in, within our own community who can help us grow um, and speak with an authenticity of you know, having been a part of the Chip community and and we have some we have amazing faculty who do yeah. really amazing things and so providing venues where they feel comfortable sharing what they're doing and, and creating a dialogue with other faculty. I think when we can do that uh, for professional development, to me that's a home run because. Um, it, it connects immediately to the community. Uh, you'll see that person in the dining hall yeah, or the department right, meeting later right. on. You can follow up. I mean, that's fantastic. Um, when we do bring outside people in, um, I think really having folks who are aware of what an independent boarding school community involves, yeah, um, not yeah. just the classroom piece, mm -hmm. but, but outside the classroom, um, and, and folks who can model in their professional development what we would hope that faculty would be doing um, in the classroom. So is it interactive? Is it just going to be somebody who's lecturing at us? Right. Or is it going to be interactive? Um, what are going to be the takeaways for faculty? Are there things that that person, because they won't be here again, that we can take away from that meeting that we can put into into practice, mm -hmm. and whether that's in the classroom or the dorm or the playing fields or wherever, um, that, that is practical for us. Mm -hmm. um, and then actually, to some degree, to what extent is that person accessible after they've been here? Can we still oh, yeah. 
touch base with them? Can we still right. email them? Can we have them come back to campus? Um, are they committed to, to really answering follow-up questions that we may have? And um, I think, by and large, um, we've been um, a little self-promoting. I think we've, we've done a pretty yeah. good job of yeah. finding some Definitely. interesting speakers who, who speak to what we're doing yeah. um, and, and have had some takeaways that have helped a number of people in a number of different ways. So Cool. And then how about this sort of more content? So what, how do I say what we're going yeah, to? Yeah, yeah. Like what are, or are there, I mean, are there particular things that you have in mind like right now in terms of what need, like what needs developing either at Chode or sort of on a larger mm -hmm. scale in terms of prep school education or boarding schools? Or? Yeah. No, that's a great question. I think, um, so one of the things that I have really enjoyed about teaching at independent schools and, and, and Chode um, is the fact that I can be creative. In, in yeah. what I'm doing, yeah. right. um, and I think that's uh, a real strength of the independent schools. Um, and but I think a lot of times that creativity that happens with faculty can happen in, in isolation of yeah. each other. And it, yeah. and frankly, sometimes it feels like you know, if you're sharing what you do in a class, I think it, it can feel sometimes like you're you're bragging. Yes. Or, or you're kind yeah. of puffing yeah. your chest yeah. and, and promoting no, yourself. No, totally. Um, yeah. So I think trying to break down those those barriers yeah. um, and and by creating. Um, opportunities for faculty to talk about what they're doing in class, yeah. I think is really important um, because there are so many amazing things going on in class mm -hmm. and so many amazing ideas. Um, and then the other piece for me is, is really understanding why something works in a class, right? Mm -hmm. Because if I understand, whether it's from the cognitive sciences or, um, you know, just understanding adolescence and their psychology um, or just, you know, understanding why something works, therefore, then if I'm talking to a science teacher and I hear about a something they're doing in class and that might not translate immediately to my history class, I understand the structures underneath what they're doing yeah. and then I can make those changes necessary beyond just the content piece to make it work in mm -hmm. my class. Interesting. And, and you know, understanding why something may work in a, in a senior class, um, whether because of its cognitive development or social-emotional development that may not be appropriate or may need to be adapted in some ways to a freshman class, yeah. I can be more effective as a teacher. Um, so one of the things I'm hoping... Uh, that we've been able to achieve and, and continue working on going forward is creating a community where it, it really is encouraged and people feel empowered to share ideas. Mm -hmm. um, almost all the professional development work that we do as a faculty, I make sure that we do it um, interdisciplinary. Um, and so yeah. um, we can hear what people are doing in other departments um, and then really understanding why it is that that, that works. Mm -hmm. um, so those are two big, big pieces yeah, for me as I think yeah. about professional development. It must be, sorry, it must be hard to, we're, we're one big classroom, I mm. guess, right? And so, like, in a classroom, you have more experienced learners, mm. uh, novice learners. Yeah. About, so it must be really hard. That must be a challenge to figure out who can speak to as many people as possible. Or, no, absolutely. And I think... Um, you know, as with our own classrooms, yeah. you know, students come into an English class or a history class with varying levels of comfort with the discipline. Yeah. And so, you know, providing activities or opportunities for people to to delve into something where they where they can access it and then move forward. Right. Um, and so, you know, when we do the Monday evening professional development, that's that is a little bit more challenging in terms mm -hmm. of kind of meeting people at their comfort levels. Um, but we have a lot of other programs, so we have a, a, you know, summer study grants, right. and so for some mm -hmm. folks that means that that study grant is going to be in the area of um, of content. Um, we need to brush up on something or, or want to move forward in a certain area. For others, it's going to be going and, and looking at teaching practices, yeah. um, or it's going to be going to a conference on the iPad um, and getting more comfortable using the technology in the classroom. Yeah. Um, so there's where we can kind of help also to True, have yeah. folks... Um, Meet them where they're at. Individualized. Individualized. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
So, Do you think yeah. it's just the the sort of like the sense that it's bragging that makes people that makes teachers sort of nervous about talking it like talking mm-hmm. about what they're doing, or are there other because it just seems like there has to there's there's more than that about why these sort of uh, these moments of sharing. Yeah. Yeah aren't happening unless, unless like, we're working, like, to create them, sort of like we are here, you know, right well, now. Well, I mean, I've, I've felt that way before. Like, I don't want to come across as, like, oh, I know all this stuff. Yeah. Because I don't know it all, but I've tried it. So, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't want, like, to give the wrong impression or something. Yeah. Do you ever feel that way? Yeah. Yeah. I do. I do. And I also, I guess I also, um, it's interesting because as teachers, so much of our job is individual just like us with the like with yeah. the kid or at least individual in terms of like other, interacting level. with other adults right yeah. I'm in my classroom with my students and like that is sort of like our it's our space yeah um yeah. and then it does take sort of like a, a switch in mindset almost to sort of to say that it's not just what's happening in here right. you know like I one can like share can share this with with, with other adults around here and that even I should be thinking about other things that are happening in other classrooms around here. Right, expanding you know? that, that, you know, it's not just your classroom, that the, the students in the course of a day will go through a number of classrooms, yeah. right. a number yeah. of different experiences right. that, right. quite frankly, if, if we were to follow them for a day or two, yeah. I think we'd be even... Exhausting. We'd be yeah, exhausting. yeah. So um, I think it's, I think it's a, a lot of those pieces. Um, I think that, um, you know, one of the nice things about independent schools is that, again, you don't have to... You, it's your classroom. Yeah. You, know, you can be creative. Yeah. You can do these things. Um, but that can also be isolating. Um, yeah. And so one of the other pieces that we've created is the Open Classroom Initiative, where faculty just sign up on a voluntary basis to allow people to visit their classes anytime yeah. they want. And I think that, you know, when I was department head, one of the things I particularly enjoyed was was going in and visiting classes. Um, because you can learn a lot, uh, yeah. even if you don't know the content necessarily. Yeah. Right? So, um, you know, you can learn a lot about teaching practices. You, yeah. can, you can learn a lot. But I think for faculty... To allow faculty into their classroom, that could be a really uh, kind of scary prospect. Exactly. Yeah, um, and yeah. Because you know, there's always a fear of, I think, of of, of judgment or yeah. of, you know, yeah. I may not come across as, as effective yeah. as I think I am. Yeah. Uh, or ways. even for me, thinking about like wanting to go visit other people's classes, that I'm like intruding yeah. on yeah. this sort of like really like this community that yeah. exists in there. You know, yeah. and I'm sort of like the interloper who's coming in and is disrupting the flow of things. That's where I think the growth mindset piece, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I'm under no illusions that I know everything about teaching and that I, you know, every class of mine is perfect. Yeah. Right. It's not. And, and so um, I think if you, if, as folks can come to that realization, yeah. it becomes, and you look at somebody visiting your class or visiting somebody else's class as an opportunity for learning. Yeah. I think yeah. it's great. Yeah. You know, we did the reflective educators that first year. At the very beginning, we talked about doing the reciprocal class visits. We had that conversation yeah. about, do we want to just have spontaneous visits with each other or do we want to have arranged visits where I know, right. you know Laura's going to come to my class on Tuesday yeah. during A block? And, and we kind of came to the conclusion that we really wanted to have spontaneous ones because that's the authentic class, yes. right? Yeah. That's where, then that's where you're going to get the most growth. Yes. Right, right, right. You get right. feedback. Yeah. Um, and so it, I think seeing things as opportunities to learn and to grow um, can, can, can be challenging at times, but also can be really, really rewarding um, as you continue to grow mm-hmm. as a teacher. Cool. Yeah. So what's one, what's one area of growth for you, like for you as a t- like now it's like forgetting about your role as yeah. director of faculty development, like you as a sure. teacher, like what's one thing that you've really either this year or the last couple of years have been trying mm-hmm. to work on? Uh, that's a great question. So I think for me, the biggest area of growth, uh, there, there are two probably, and I uh-huh. think they, they connect and I'll, I'll focus really just on the classroom. Uh, the first one has been autonomy. Um, 
giving the kids uh, the ability to have some autonomy um, over 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 what they're either what they're studying yeah. or or how they're expressing their understanding, yeah. right? And so um, I moved towards um, more of my assignments having uh, alternate um, sources of information, so they can either read a portion of the textbook or they can listen to this lecture, mm -hmm. uh, which has allowed me to bring in. Um, faculty from other universities to hear other voices cool. in the textbook cool. voice, so bringing yeah. in those voices has been great. Um, and then on the um, expression of understanding piece, creating uh, opportunities where students have a choice of two or three different ways of expressing their understanding. So when we study the Civil War and Reconstruction um, uh, in, in the winter term, um, I've gone to, instead of writing a paper, just a paper, which we used to do yeah, traditional, yeah. um, uh, they can still do the paper if they'd like, mm -hmm. um, or they can create a series of letters um, between um, either fictional characters or historic characters, exploring mm -hmm. the idea of this the, the emerging redefinition of the reimagining of freedom, um, or they can create a series of blog posts, um, and it's it's quite fun because the kids will usually go about a third will write the paper because they it's they know yeah. it they know yeah. it they they you know, other commitments they have to get done. Others will really engage in the creative piece mm -hmm. of the letters and and go so far as to you know stain them and make them look yeah. old and then they turn yeah. into yeah. hard copy. Um, and then a third will do the blog. And and I, the first year I did it, the student, one of the students who did the blog was, was a student who was very quiet in class, and I, partly because I think uncomfortable, not quite sure about where they were in the class. Mm -hmm. um, and they created this really impressive blog um, because it's something they like to do on the side on their own. Mm -hmm. And at the very end, you know, when they were all done presenting, the class like just applauded the yeah, student. That's and great. You know, it was kind of the first time this, I think the student then after yeah. that point really felt like, yes, this is definitely where I belong. So it was, it was, it was interesting, it was fun, but it was also empowering for the students. Yeah. So having those alternate um, ways in which kids can express themselves, I think has been an area mm. that I continue to try to figure out and work on. So. Yeah. Now, how much do you worry? Because I know like the thing that I have even felt for myself is the sort of tension between wanting that sort of autonomy and wanting you to have that sort of creative experience that we were just talking about for mm -hmm. faculty members, like for the students to have that as well, versus wanting there to be sort of like a common experience, either amongst like a class or even amongst a school. Like how much, do, do you, is that a tension that you What do you, you mean by, what, can you explain a little bit what you mean by common experience? Look, there's, I mean, the, we talk a lot about that there's a sense of community here mm -hmm. and that, um, you uh, that whether it's in in your own class that you are sort of I mean working like I guess like sort of like working together sort of like in like involved in the same mm. kind of work or the same kind of endeavor mm -hmm. to sort of mm -hmm. yield some to yield some sort of result. Like does that have to be the same result? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, I guess I that is just a tension that I, that I felt in like sort of these individual projects that allow for a lot of autonomy. Versus, like, am I sure that everyone has gotten what I what I wanted people to get out of what I wanted people to get out of this? Mm. So I think uh, a couple of thoughts. One, uh, in terms of creating a sense of community in the class, yeah. um, I think that in some ways the yes, we do some we do do we do, we still do assessments sometimes that yeah. are common. Same, we, I mean, yeah. we, I teach an AP class, we have to right, we do document based right. questions, we do those kinds of things. Um, so you still get some, yeah. So we get some, um, but I think that when you do at least for my class, what's worked, what I have found has worked well, is that when we do some of the individual projects, being able to share out what the students have, because um, they'll all work from a common question, mm -hmm. um, but okay. exploring out how right. they explored that question in different okay. ways, yeah. I think is very um, 
does build community because it become it allows the students to see their peers in a new way yeah. as they kind of express things in in a, in a way that they're passionate about. And so, in terms of, I don't think a community needs to all have the same outcome or the same result. Yeah, I think a community has to be one where people actually celebrate their different ways of approaching something and they listen to each other and they grow from that understanding from those different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if, if I had everybody write just a paper on the redefinition of freedom after the Civil War Reconstruction, yeah. they would have turned it into me. This is what happened. They would turn it into me. I would read it and I'd turn it back to them when they got back from break. Mm. End of story. Would Maybe we'd go through and say, what was your yeah. thesis? Share your thesis. Yeah. And your, but by, by sharing the letters and by yeah. sharing the blog posts, students got to see not only the thinking that went on, mm-hmm. But the, the creativeness that goes into expressing an understanding yeah. um, that gives them new insight into their peers, which I think is a really helpful way to build a sense of community, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That is well said. Yeah, yeah. man. So, um, so, but we still do very, I mean, the AP, we have Well, it's a balance, sure. Exactly. I mean, it's a balance. Yeah. I think, too, the, the community piece is, is the endeavor. Right. What do you mean? Well, like, like they're all reading the same text together. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, like that's yeah. building community mm-hmm. right there in some ways. That's the common thing. Actually, it's been intriguing. So when I have given students the opportunity to read the textbook or to to watch the video lecture, yeah. but not do not do both, mm-hmm. the both will cover similar topics, but they'll actually come at that issue from slightly Love different it. venues yeah. as well. Uh, yeah. And so what winds up happening in class is that, you know, this student will raise a point from the textbook and another student will say, well, but in the video we watched last night, yeah. Professor X mentioned this. And then that student who read the textbook will say, well, wait a minute, talk about that a little bit more because I didn't get to watch that. And so it becomes a little bit more of, of them relying mm-hmm. on each other, interplaying, which um, mm-hmm. I think is, is, is helpful in terms of building that community as well. Totally. Cool. So, yeah. Out with the textbook. <laughs> I, yeah, right. I think it has, it has some place, but yes, I, when it's dominant, I think that that could be problematic. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Tom, this is so great. Thank cool. you very much. Oh, absolutely, thank yeah. you. This is this fantastic. Is awesome. It's always great thank to talk you, to both you. of you. So now I feel we like have... we could just record for a long time right now. I know. I, could, I have a million other questions yeah, I could ask. Yeah, but, uh, we like to keep our episodes. Yeah, that's right. Great, yeah, manageable, right. manageable. Fair enough. Manageable. But yeah, but hopefully we'll get Tom back in here again. Oh, I'd love it. Yeah. Yeah. That would be great. great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. So we have a reflective educators meeting next week, which oh, nice. I'll send yeah. you an email about. But, Wonderful. Uh, yeah. Cool. All right. Actually, well, thank you, well, thank you very much. That was really enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Appreciate it. It was so easy. This was great. Yeah, good. All right. So for another week, I am Austin Davis. I'm Laura Milligan. And this is Podagogy. We'll see you later.